right. Um, Utena and Anthe. Yeah. I think that's a good a good way for us to round this out. Yeah. What do we think about we? Let's let's probably just to put aside whether or not their relationship is romantic and sort of focus on what is their dynamic. I said this in take forty two or whatever. Rivalry. <laughs> Rivalry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. Well, that's like explicitly stated too. Yeah. It is actually. And I mean, even if you look like the first ending, truth, that positions them explicitly as rivals to each other. Like, I, I don't know if you guys remember exactly how that goes, but... Oh, I do. Yeah, both of them clutching <laughs> the prince, you know, each yeah. of them wearing the white dress and kind of, like, opposed to each other when they show up on the screen. It's, um, yeah. So uh, I'm going to say rivalry is the under-examined aspect of that relationship. I remember really early into the show, I, um, I remember saying on air to Panda that I called... Anthe, she's I said something to the effect of she's a witch. <laughs> I just blurted it. Wow. Um because It was she, very prescient. Yes. <laughs> but like because she she is, and not just in the fact that she literally is, but like she fits that stereotype very well, very from very early on. And Utana has talks a lot about roles and story like archetypes. And the witch and the prince do not usually end up on the same side and yet they are oh my god and while that's interesting it also yeah like it's it's rivalry but it's also sort of not just a rivalry over a person's affections or attention but also just their entire personality opposing ideologies yeah like utana is all very open and very mostly transparent not entirely but mostly and Anthe is a web of dark secrets. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why her hair's so big. <laughs> That's where all the secrets go. I always loved, okay, a little bit of a sidebar. I always loved that her hair is drawn more angular when she's Toga's bride. Is it? Is it? Yes. Go back and compare the pictures. It is actually drawn more angular. That is interesting. Yeah. So that's that's a little tidbit for all y'all to go and check out in the gallery at some point. Um, but I'm real sorry. I, I fixated on the witch thing. And then all of a sudden, like Jordan Peterson popped into my mind, you know, old Jorpy talking no! about, about how witches live in swamps and this is their archetypal. And I was just like, my brain. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, it's OK. I went there, too. A little bit. I can't believe. And Panda, please feel free to edit this out, but I can't believe that Jordan Peterson fucked the corpse of Jung for that long. Oh. <laughs> Not Ex- that in. Oh me? my god. You know, and if people you do that Jordan with this Peterson series. Is, you're better off, I promise. Okay, yeah, don't good. don't ever listen to oh, Jorp. It? Jorp is bad. O- what was that, Oscar? I was, I don't know what you're talking about is all. Oh. Uh, don't. He, he's a he's a I envy yeah, you. I he's really a bad person. You. He's just a, an idiot. Or wait, um, do if you want to be like an Antifa super soldier like us. Wait, I'll, I'll send you. Oh. I'll send you a video about him. Actually, if you're curious, is it um, the ContraPoints video? Yes, it is the ContraPoints video because she's my lobster Lord queen. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like, I, I mean, through when I was watching this show, I really enjoyed the fact that like Ikihara gleefully plays with archetypes. Um. Oh, can you guys hear me? Yeah. yeah. It's, okay. I absolutely agree. Uh, yeah, I just... <laughs> so, like, the fact that... I'm looking at this picture that you sent, and yeah, you're right. It is more angular, and I yep. like that. Because it's not just that she has secrets. If Utana is the relatable character that we can project ourselves onto all the time, Anthe is the character that, at no, that almost at no point, though there are a couple of places, but generally, we cannot inhabit. Like, she says just, you, man. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There are a few times when we, we can, when it's like really, and those times tend to be pretty painful. But like in general, the other people around them, like 
Uten is the only one that looks at Anthony and can at least, most of the time, see a normal person. Because, like, think about when other people interact with Anthony, and she has the whole weird inhuman stare. And Yeah, yeah, she's, she's definitely got that creeper vibe genuinely creepy almost automaton kind of and she's doing it on purpose like I didn't, she's really I didn't it understand that Anthony was an actual character until like season 3 and then on my second rewatch yeah that's that's right. pretty common like people tend to think of her as a placeholder at first like i actually read one review way way back in the day it's probably still floating down around on the net someplace where somebody watched the entire series and came away with, so this was a shaggy dog story? The only change that happened was that Anthe left. Nothing happened. Let's just all pause for a moment to absorb the badness of that take. A moment of silence. Yeah, press F to pay respects. All you listeners at home, F. (laughs) (laughs) I see you did it in the chat there. What a stupendously bad take. Bad Utena takes are always so much. I could only see somebody having that opinion if they had only seen, like, the first five episodes. No, they saw the whole thing. There's so many takes that I feel like, did you watch, like, only season one? Yeah. To be fair, to be absolutely fair, like, Anthe is in character, and she does a really good job of it. Mm-hmm. And it took me a little bit to catch on to the fact that she was actually, that there was an intention there, and it wasn't just Anthe is incapable of pretending to be normal. It was, that was like an intentional thing. It took me a little bit to catch on to that. Yeah. I mean, it takes Utsuna a little bit to figure her out, because, like, remember that conversation they have where, like, someone, I don't remember who, but somebody gives her the idea that she only says she likes things because she you're you're telling her to? Toga? Yeah, that's Toga. That's the Toga, that's Toga thing. Like, that's yeah, red like, garbage. Until Toga says that, like, Utena doesn't really get it either. And then after that, like, she kind of does. <laughs> to a degree. Like to a degree. I mean, it, it's it's vague. There's enough ambiguity in the scene, in, in like the episode after that. There's enough ambiguity in that to make you sort of wonder if he's just how how honest he's being which we know now how honest he's being a hundred percent honest straight up time it's at the time it's just ambiguous enough with her reactions to utsuno that you can you you can wonder yeah oh yeah for sure actually i i got a small sidebar here i am so vindicated after showing the musical for like publicly not too long ago with people actually sitting there going Oh my god, so Anthe's malice was true? I'm like, yes, bitches. What? We I'm knew glad about- that you brought up Anthe's malice because I was literally about to do that. <laughs> because That's I think great. That, uh, even though this is the Utena episode, I feel like... A key, you really can't avoid talking about that one. A like... key uh, part of understanding Anthe can be found through reading Anthe's malice. If, like, I... Like, it... It has stuff in it that I felt like was extremely obvious, but apparently is not stuff that other people thought was as obvious. And I feel like it's, I feel like it's essential reading for understanding Anthe's character, basically. Mm-hmm. Also, um, Yasha, have you put out that Toga Anthe? I think yet? all y'all have read it, um, yep, yep. but it's I haven't good. put it out yet. Oh my god, Cat, get off the keyboard. Okay, you should definitely put that out soon because I also think that that is really uh, important for understanding Anthe as a character is uh, <coughs> understanding that uh, contrast between her, or well, contrast, but like the quote-unquote relationship between her character and Toga's character. Well, I mean, it's ready to go. I just have been broke brains plus lazy so i haven't put it out so uh, if you want i can put it out on the same day that you put out this podcast and you can link it yeah absolutely i'd love to please link it to me so it, it might actually motivate me to finally fucking finish my mickey essay. Do. <laughs> i need to know what's interesting about mickey <laughs> uh didn't yeah, i send that to you already 
I did, didn't I? Here, I'll link it again in the chat. You might have already linked it. I know I read it, because I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, you did did link it, but I didn't get a chance to read it. Oh, you slacker! I'm so insulted. Alice, it's so good. It really is. So good. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, give me give me a sec to find the link and I'll link it to you. It does such a good job with both Toga and Anthe's characters, and like everyone writes off Toga in like valid, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> getting into his character is always very interesting. I have to say that after having seen everything, I like Toga as a character a lot more than I used to. He's uh, as a character, he's way more interesting than I expected him to be. He's the second most ambiguous character. Um, you know, Utsun is a lot more ambiguous than I thought she was going to be. Like we talked about how like transparent or sort of simple she is, but like she has her moments. She yeah. sure does. I think I think a lot of those moments, like just in my personal opinion, I think a lot of those ambiguous moments are motivated by what I kind of started out talking about here which was her willful ignorance of some things because you can't really tell when she's like I didn't want to see that so I'm going to ignore it or genuinely missed something so as as far as her and Anthe go there's a kind of the, 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 the anime has a sort of accusation against Utsuna and it's that in the end, even though Utsuna is objectively better to Anthe than everyone else who's been the Rose, who's, who's had her as the Rose Bride, Utsuna still kind of builds up this system that is Anthe is trapped in. How fair do you think that is to her? I am going to say, just to start, that I think that it's very important that the anime brings her to task for that but i'd love to hear what oscar and yasha think you don't want to know what i think (laughs) oscar you go uh i do agree about that i think because i see so much of her her in myself i i always feel inclined to be more forgiving of her uh hero complex attributes than I probably should uh like other people are harsher on her and I think they're right uh the way she treats Anthe as something an object to be saved and her involvement in the system of princes princesses etc even though it's um I've totally lost my trade of thought <laughs> what the fuck was I saying uh, She's com- there's a complicitness. In yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, even though you, there's a part that is, you can have understanding for because when you grow up in that kind of system and you're totally entrenched in it, uh, it's it gets so, it's so insidious and grows in you so, so deep that even after you, bec- even after you become aware of it, there are still, there will always still be like, like weeds hidden away in the shadows that you don't realize about yourself, even though you know, like, I'm thinking of, like, like, people who are more liberal, well, more liberal, uh, who, who, like, yeah, racism exists, or homophobia exists, uh, but even though you know that those things exist, and, like, respect those concepts, uh, that doesn't stop you from not being aware about yourself, that you may still have those qualities in you. You have not lived until you've seen a transphobic trans person. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they are out there. I'm gonna say, and I, I'm, I, I know I'm gonna. So it looks like I'm gonna be somewhat in the minority here. I've always felt like, on one hand, it, the show is absolutely right in taking her to task on that, but I also felt, in some ways, it's a little there's a there's a harshness to it that I think. Always, I always felt like was a little unfair because Utsuna is also the only one who like tries to do anything different. I feel like the anime especially disproportionately punishes the female characters 
for the mistakes that they make in comparison to the male characters who pretty much categorically make more harmful and more malicious mistakes. mistakes or uh don't forget they're dudes that is punishment isn't it (laughs) (laughs) the real hot take (laughs) sorry i had to i don't actually believe that but i had to anyway sorry toga and sayonji's suffering is real but it's not existential like yeah i'm I'm with you like uh, they do a lot more and their punishment and they're sort of the way that the anime sort of deals with what they've done. Okay, so here's my super warped metaphor. take on this. And, and I'm going to interject and just run over all of y'all because I think this is important. <laughs> Listen to me, I am important. Anyway, um, <laughs> Go what, the thing with Toga and Sanji and Akio and all of that. and Okay, a really weird kind of moral quirk of mine personally mm-hmm. is that I always tend to come down harsher on people who are ignorant of, the, of their actions than I do on people who know exactly what they're doing. So, do you think okay. Sayonji knows what he's doing? I, when he hits her, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I absolutely think so because we actually see it. In, uh, in episode 2, Anthe says something he doesn't like he stops, his shoulders slump, oh, then he reels about. back in and slaps her. You know that scene. Everybody knows that scene. Yeah. So he absolutely knows what he's doing. He he, 100% chose to do that. And that's, that's something you can't overstate with abuse is that that's a choice that people make. That's not, oh, crime of passion, whatever. We've all been in positions where our anger could possibly drive us to do something, and there is a certain pleasure in giving into that, and that's what's happening with Sionji, is he's taking pleasure in giving in to hurting somebody else. He knows exactly what he's doing. Same with Toga. You can't claim that Toga doesn't know what he's doing. Akio, that's like way out in the fucking stratosphere. You can't claim he knows what he's doing, or he doesn't know what he's doing, sorry. Um, But, like I said, it's this, this weird kind of moral quirk that I have where... I'll hold it against somebody harder if they didn't know what they were doing because they shouldn't have fucking tried in the first place if they didn't know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And I really try hard to not apply that in real life, but it's kind of a knee-jerk reaction when it comes to fiction. So all of this makes complete sense to me. You know, actually, no, actually, like, when at first I was like, okay, how's this going to, like, what do you mean by that? But now that you said specifically the whole if you didn't know how, what you were doing, why did you try? Put that way, it actually does make sense to me. Yeah, like, to me, if somebody unthinkingly tramples on somebody else's feelings, that's worse than doing it on purpose. Because at least if you do it on purpose, you have some idea of what you're doing and you have some control over it. But, again, like I said, that's a really strange moral quirk. And I try not to apply it in real life. Well, as a dummy myself, I'm very... <laughs> As a dummy myself, I'm very sympathetic to Utena's dumbassery. (laughs) (laughs) Understood. Absolutely understood. I also am a dumbass. This does not mesh well with that moral quirk. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, like, I just wanted to, to kind of explain that because I feel like the show is almost taking a similar tack. Like, I feel like that's almost maybe the point of view it was coming from there is that it it punishes Utena more harshly because she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, I think, and I can see that, and I had never really considered that as being a perspective of the show, but once you put it that way, it really makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's almost like the, it's almost like accusatory. Like the show is saying, why didn't you try harder? Why didn't you why didn't you try harder to know who Anthe was? Why didn't you try harder to actually be her friend kind of thing? So I can I can relate to that um from both sides. <laughs> but I think it's something that maybe I don't know. That's the kind of thing when I look at a piece of work like whether it's a book or a movie or something like that. That's the kind of thing that strikes me as, like, 
possibly just a little knob on the author's psyche that they maybe didn't mean to put in there. I mean, you know, death of the author is a thing, but so is the whole we write what we know. Yeah. Like, I mean, even when we we don't intend to, we do. My favorite example, like, have you ever read The Wasteland by T.S. Eliot? I sure have. T.S. Eliot was really famous for saying that it wasn't autobiographical and he doesn't do autobiography and he hates it when people do that. And anyone who's read Prufock or that poem and knows anything about him knows that it's BS. Absolutely. Well, same thing so, with the like, uh, same thing with Tolkien saying yeah, absolutely like, Lord of the Rings is not about World War Two. It's not it's not it's not about World War Two. Yeah, like, bitch, right. it's, it's all over World it. War I, Just shut up. <laughs> it's it's a I mean, it's about the solve for one but yeah yeah like i mean even like yeah i think it's probably true that to an extent like that is kind of a thing for ikuhara is that you can't get away from your own personality when you're writing something you 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 know this you know this probably well i don't know not better than the other two but just you know that you can't get away from your own psyche when you're writing and things that you believe or things that you know really resonate with you are going to pop up in there no matter what you do yeah no i I, i'm a hundred percent with you like it's not it's it's not just ignorance but people's unwillingness to to change their own ignorance Mm -hmm. when they forge ahead when they know nothing and haven't stopped to figure out anything and the really paradoxical part is that a lot of the time that is the only (sighs) way to get things done is yeah, the like absolute most bullish, like, pay attention to nothing, I'm going to do what I'm going to do kind of thing. It's almost like awareness is an inhibiting factor. There's a little bit of that. We, when we get to Yurikuma, I'll, have to, I'll try to remember this because there's a little bit of there too, which is making me think that you're right, that to an extent that's a, just an Ikuhara thing. Yeah, like, like I, I feel it. It's not something I know, but I, like, I, I feel it. Your ignorance doesn't make you a bad person, but it's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it is. But again, like yeah. I said, it's paradoxical because that's often the only way you can get things done. And I think the show does a good job illustrating that. Because Utena does mess up. A lot. But she also, because of, at the end, if Utena hadn't been there, would Anthe really have finally decided to leave? No. She, she, she absolutely up a wouldn't lot, have. But... Yeah, well, I mean... Depending on your interpretation of Anthe, basically, um, at the beginning of the show, you can assume that Anthe is in a relatively, and okay, this is going to sound bad, everybody please stay with me and, and understand that I know this is a horrible abusive relationship, but it is a relatively consensual relationship with Akio. Relatively. It's She's stable. A, yeah. That's probably a better word for it. It's a stable yeah. relationship, and she's emotionally getting something out of it. Getting a lot of hurt, it's, yeah, but having yeah. been in an abusive relationship, you don't stay for no reason. Yeah, it, There's always toxic, good times. It's, it's incredibly toxic, but it's also something that she can understand. And she can hold on to it. She, it gives her a center in the midst yeah. of every, everything else that's always changing. That doesn't change. So she can cling to it. So it's, um, oh man, now I forgot where we were going with this. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying so hard to be like non-offensive that I'm like, ah. No, no, I mean, if, if I'm following you, like, just because Utsuna does screw up a lot doesn't mean that, like, it's sort of like just because you mess up along the way doesn't mean that necessarily doing starting out on what you were doing was wrong yeah yeah even when you screw up you could even when somebody else screws up it doesn't necessarily mean that the whole thing is screwed up exactly and sometimes the only way to get to the desired end is to be that kind of person who is a screw up (laughs) so i don't think anthony would have i don't think she would have left that's what I was getting at before, is it's, her relationship with Akio is relatively stable, and she's getting something out of it at the beginning of the series. By the end of the series, that has been so deconstructed just by Utena's presence. Like, Utena and Anthe don't even really understand each other all that well. Well, Anthe understands Utena, but Utena doesn't really understand her. 
But nevertheless, she has this massive effect on Anthe and the fact that she is kind of ignorant and the fact that she isn't really digging into Anthe and that she she is still um, absolutely devoted to being her friend and helping her regardless of what she sees in Anthe is more powerful for Anthe than somebody like, say, if they had really dug into Anthe's character and become like friend therapist or something like that, that wouldn't have worked. Like, do you guys follow where I'm, what I'm yeah, saying I here? Agree with yeah, every, yeah like everything you're saying. Yeah, like I don't think that Utina could have done what <gasps> she did if she wasn't an ignorant character. So I'm trying to think if there's any anything other major kind of topic we can do with Utina. That we will get, like, riots if we don't. <laughs> Fashion sense? <laughs> Those uh, shorts. Perfect, next. <laughs> Did you all see the the original, um, yeah, uh, Giovanna's I been posting, like, original uh, designs oh, yeah. for Utena? Utena's original design, don't like it. No. I'm not a big fan. Not it's a fan. To see, but I'm not Pink a big hair fan. Utena will always be the number one in my heart. I personally, I think the worst one is Pink hair Utena with the red jacket. Like, just no. Just stop. <laughs> I kind of liked that. I kind of liked the strawberry blonde Utena that uh, Saito did. Yeah, that off. one's cute. Yeah, but the the one with the, the pink outfit. But, like, the short, like, spiky hair Utena, like, super original Utena. The Kose like. hair Utena? Yeah, yeah no. Don't like, not a fan. Nope. Nope. Zero Kose out of ten. Utena was aggressively 80s. Yes. <laughs> I, feel like she, I felt like she was straight out of, like, a Cindy, a Cindy Lumber. Not Cindy Lumber. Uh, crap, who's the one who does Love as a Battlefield? Uh, I don't but whoever remember. does that and i'm gonna die because someone's gonna mention it later but <laughs> like whoever does that she looks like an extra pat from that music video yeah pat i was benatar. just thinking I that like pat benatar that kills me she <laughs> looks like a pat benatar like like backup dancer <laughs> yeah i'm i'm not a fan of her design either in the the very first iterations it just looks Really, I don't know. The sci-fi elements don't appeal to me, but I, I have a thing about sci-fi. Oh. I, I don't want to get into it. It's too complex. Okay, okay. <laughs> I... okay no, I'll, I'll give you the upshot. The upshot is sci-fi doesn't smell like anything. Oh, okay. Are you confused? Because it's yes, confusing. Yeah. I actually follow you. Excellent. Nice. You can't, there's, no, there's nothing you. like... I can't get into it because I can't smell it. Like, you know, you're talking about, like, um, Victorian times. You know the smell of wood. You know the smell of paint. You know the smell of cloth. What does a sci-fi... What, what does anything smell like in sci-fi? To... Uh, as a TLDR. That's what well, I was thinking. That's it, I, though. I think what you're going for is basically that a lot of sci-fi past a certain point does sort of, like, lack enough of a tangible connection to our own reality that it's more difficult to really connect to yeah. the setting and what is going on. You put it way, way better than I do. Um, but yes, act absolutely, that's it. And I, so when I, I see... Do have a, I do have a counterpoint. Hmm? Utsuna, but with mecha anime. <laughs> um, Would be oh. the worst thing, but I want it to happen. <laughs> On the one hand, I hate Gundam. On the other hand, Pacific Rim is fucking awesome. I don't know what to think. <laughs> I have a question. Mm-hmm. How do we feel like it would be different if they had had guns? <laughs> oh, I think it could work, and I think that because I've seen Yuri Kuma, and one day you will too. <laughs> Honestly, Giovanna and I are kind of dreading that, but we we will forge through it for you guys. Um, and also because we really love to shit on things. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Have fun with that. Yeah. I got, um, quick sidebar, uh, I got Alice a Yurikuma figure for her birthday. Oh, no. Oh <laughs> she, got me, she got me Lulu. Oh. 
I got her Which one is, and I got me one, so we have. She's gonna think she's gonna think ones. that's really funny in a couple of months. <laughs> it's like really funny. I just liked the one with the crown. <laughs> that's also gonna be pretty funny later. Stop <sighs> foreshadowing. I want an Anthe figure. I want an Anthe with a gun figure. <laughs> just bringing it I back still, to the guns I, thing. Go all the way yeah, to the, that other musical Anthe. Ch- uh, Chains. Yeah, the one with the zombies. zombies. I want that so bad. I don't think ever recording was ever made. It I was it. I don't like. No we've been looking for any. it for years, years, and we have not found it. If anybody would find it, it would be the two of you. Yeah, yeah. I would literally sell you my firstborn child to see that. <laughs> yeah, me too. I might Which... even sell one of my cats to see that. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, like. I don't know. I don't think the dueling thing would have worked with guns. How do you shoot a rose off somebody's chest without actually... (laughs) I mean, there are some instances where Utena kind of, like, stabs someone, and then it just, the rose falls off. Yeah, but... It'd be less believable. You can hand wave that part away with angles, right? Yeah. But with a gun... It doesn't work very well, but you can. Yeah. With a gun, though, you you gotta yee. Like, the... Think about the positioning involved there. You'd have I to mean, like, ah, an like endlessly spiraling, trying to get on the side of each other so that. Hey, may- maybe the flower blocked the bullet. It would be a, the one of the biggest things though, <laughs> is that like to make those to make duels with guns like good, you'd either have to do two things. Either one. You go for, like, the environments change a lot, and that would be kind of expensive to animate. Mm-hmm. Or two, you do the whole five five paces and fire, and that's not really... That's not really exciting. You could get it... You could make it exciting probably two or even three times the most if you did it right and you were really good at it, but you cannot get it more than that. It would just... It would lose... It would lose all of its effectiveness. I'm sure there are people out there who would argue with you, but I'm not going to be one of them. Like, Have you guys yeah. seen that fan art of Cowboy Utena? Yes! I, I might I have. have. I want to. I, uh, post I in the chat, I sweetie? Retweet, I believe I retweeted it on the podcast account, but I'm going to go find it. Awesome. So that I can show you guys. Listeners, you definitely need to check this out because it's really good. Yes. I really like the, like, punk AU Utena, but that's okay, because I grew up being a punk in high school, so. <laughs> okay, I'm going to drop this in the Discord chat. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, um, I don't know if y'all are aware, we have Chio Saito to thank for the fact that it's swords. I like it. Do we? Yeah. Chio Saito. Yeah, I know, right? I'm really, I'm so glad that oh, hey, you that's told cute. us more about her because, like, it's given me a lot more of an appreciation. She really, honestly, is responsible for so much of the anime. And so, I, again, I say this every fucking time. I get so pissed when everybody attributes everything to Ikuhara because it wasn't just him. It, it couldn't be because everything he's done since is lacking so many elements. There's also um, an Akito. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an like... His characterization, like, he's the one who wrote Akio and Anthe almost in their entirety. He's the one who basically, like, mapped out Toga. Like, all of the really dark parts of it came from Enokito. And then from Chio Saito, we just get all of these wonderful, like, like all of this restraint and massive changes in direction. Like, the, the fact that um, they duel with swords is because she loves Alexander Dumas, who wrote The Three Musketeers. Like, that's where that came from. And oh, that's dope. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's something that you don't really... I mean, I've gotten How called out for that? not... It seems obvious. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I've gotten called out for not uh, knowing everything that's on our own site. And truly, I don't. But if you if you actually take the time and read through a bunch of the, the material that's there, there's a lot of interviews and a lot of information, and all of these little gems are buried in them. Uh, so at some point, I'm going to do a follow-up to that, uh, that big post that I did about where Ursula's kiss came from. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we we talked about Ursula's kiss. <laughs> yeah. Um I I don't know, you you all have seen that the article that I did, right? It wasn't really an article, it was more a series of pictures with shitty quips between them. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea art. what you're talking about, but I feel like I shouldn't know. Oh, I'll find it here. It's it, it's you on the Tumblr. Ursula's kiss, Alice. No, do I? Yeah, okay, oh my god, uh, what's okay, wrong no, with we, you? We No, we've talked about this. You're probably just forgetting a little bit. But this was going to be the localization of Utena when they were going to bring it over to the States initially. It was going to be called Ursula's Kiss. There was going to be, like, a tuxedo mask character. And, like, this... I, I read you some of the like character descriptions and the names. Is this something that I just use. like blotted out from my mind? I mean, it was that like could be it. It was like fairly. It was when we were still just doing the episodes, so like it was quite a while ago. And it was uh, pretty early on too. So I like, slapped that link into our chat there. Um, Maybe that's another thing we could link with the podcast just so that people know what we're talking about here. Because oh, absolutely. This is important material. <laughs> Incredibly important. Um, yeah. The necessary literature for this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I've read some of this, but I don't think I read this whole post. It, yeah, it's got, uh, listeners, this has, uh, all of the, or it, this has a lot of the pictures of, like, Utena's early design, where she has, like, the short hair. Yeah. Uh, the Kose hair Utena that we were talking about earlier. And, um, what happened was, one night in the Discord, um, Geo found out that we had these pages, like, the, the pictures that are in this article, um, that we actually had these pages in the back of one of the Japanese manga that we got. So she scanned them and um, Haraku and Elsa Notarius slash uh, Allegorius and Dalbun kind of took a look at them and decided that they were going to translate a bunch of the quotes, like a bunch of the captions on the pictures. So we got a lot of background on where Ursula's kiss actually came from. And it turns out that it was Chio Saito that started the whole Ursula's Kiss thing. Apparently, from what we've been able to tell, um, either unfinished drawings were handed in to, um, oh, what the hell are they called? Inoki Films? Or Inoki Films somehow got a hold of them and ran with them without ever really consulting anybody who is actually involved in the production of the show not really sure what happened there but a bunch of stuff that was in the very first initial drawings ended up making it onto the the site of the license holders for Utna without any of it ever actually being in the show so people like Lady June who we have never heard of are somehow on this Inoki Films page and also the really bad name localization. Meet Tommy. Oh, those names. I love it so much. My favorite is Kevin Simon for Kyoichi yes. Sayanji. Kevin Simon. Yes. <laughs> but they still, but everyone calls him Simon except for Nanami. Yeah. It's like Kevin out of nowhere. <laughs> yes. Wait, who is Kevin again? Sayanji. <laughs> okay, so that's my new name for Seoji forever. Kevin Simon. It's so it's so bad that it's it, it's literally just we we we've we've hit con air levels of bad. No 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 no. There's worse actually. There is actually worse. Um, at least in my opinion, because for one, uh, there are two girls named Kate. One of them is Keiko. The other one is Kanai. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, so there's Kate, and then there's Kate. Um, and then there's Akio, whose real name is apparently Mike. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most beautiful thing. <laughs> the that makes of the it world. Even... 
Mike, <laughs> Mike, the ends of the world. He sounds Very like a redneck ends of the world, like he's gonna have a pot belly yeah. and a mullet. Well, he's already got the mullet! He has a mullet, he's halfway there. <laughs> All he needs is a beer can in his hand. God. <laughs> Akio drinks Natty Light confirmed. <laughs> oh, he doesn't even drink that hipster beer. <laughs> What is that? A Pabst Blue Ribbon. He, does, he doesn't even have the decency to drink the hipster beer. He's just drinking, oh like... Oh, Mad Dog 2020 or Night Train or something. <laughs> no, that's homeless person wine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. The, the whole Ursula's Kiss thing is just beautiful. Like, in its entirety. Um... It got knocked off the English page for a while, and so Geo and I mirrored it. Um, and I think it's back. I think the English translation is back on the Japanese site now, but still, that's something we could never, ever let go of. Mike, Akio Otori, brother of Angie, the Rose Bride. He is friendly a cute name. and easygoing with others. He likes Angie to wear black. The one that's... Angie is the name that is closest to the actual name that's true that's true the, the, the difference, difference between, between angie, angie and angie, angie is, is like, like barely, barely audible. audible yeah i just have a real issue with angie in general because that doesn't sound like her no i definitely agree yeah yeah None of these names sound like the characters. So, like, I mean, that that's expecting way too much of this, obviously. But it is the closest. Um, Anthe, the name Anthe, I believe, is derived from Anthea, who is a goddess of flowers in Greek mythology. You could take oh, Angie to Angel. Yeah, yeah, that, that would probably be better, as far as I'm concerned. But... Ugh. Oh, hey, I just noticed Choo Choo is the only one whose name isn't changed. Choo <laughs> Choo is, is eternal. <laughs> oh. Yeah, this, I don't know. My other favorite thing about the Inoki Films page is if you take a look at the episode synopses, and I mentioned this in that Saito's Kiss post that I linked, um, but if you take a look at the episode synopses, Somebody got really, really invested in the show. Like, really, really invested. Because if you look at the first episode synopsis, it's like th three, four sentences long. And then you look at the last one, and it's like ten paragraphs long. <laughs> it's like someone's descent into madness as they were watching Utena. <laughs> the way all Utena fans go. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, hashtag relatable. <laughs> But yeah, no, the the Ursula's kiss is definitely a treasured artifact. <laughs> so, so got some last thoughts. <laughs> I don't have I thoughts. Love... I just have reactions. <laughs> <laughs> I love Yasha Utena. just opens her mouth and things start to fly out. Yeah, it's true. Which is, it's true, which is but very that's relatable. That's that's why I'm here, though. <laughs> all of my true. thoughts, all of my best thoughts come out on Twitter at, like, 3 a.m. when no one's awake, and I'm, like, half asleep. Also yeah, relatable. Follow Oscar on Twitter. We'll, we'll plug that uh, when we do the outro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm basically an Utena Twitter. <laughs> actually, I do have one question. Uh-huh. One of the things that I've noticed over the years is not a lot of people write analysis about Utena herself. Do any of you all have a favorite piece of like analysis about Utena, whether it's like an essay from the site or a small post or even a tweet, whatever, like something that gave you insight into her? Oh yeah, I'm now that you mention it. Like, because people don't write about her. If you'd asked me this like two months ago, I could have told you in depth. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not my fault you're not up to speed. <laughs> but I've, I've wanted to go back now with more reading under my belt and a little more time passed, mm -hmm. as well as having seen the whole show. I'd like to go back at some point and revisit 
we did an episode basically as a bonus about um i looked at utana the series as well as the character through um through her character guardian lens because mm-hmm. she works really well in that sort of like um idiom mm-hmm. like night of infinite resignation that. <laughs> yeah, she she very much fits the Knight of Infinite Resignation slash Knight of Faith kind of idea that he has, and I'd like to revisit that at some point. Maybe you could expand on that idea for those of us who either don't remember or aren't familiar with oh, that one. Um, I don't remember my Kierkegaard. I'm sorry, that was ten so years ago. Quickly, because it's actually it's relevant here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, essentially, remember how like Utena's the Utena's blue screen of death at the end of the first arc. Yeah. Sword Kierkegaard has a book called uh, The Sickness Unto Death, um, which wherein he talks about the concept of despair, um, where he characterizes it as sort of like wanting to be something that you aren't, or more really not wanting to be the thing that you are. And the result, but when we realize that like we are finite, and what we want is infinite, that freaks us out really badly. What we do afterwards kind of depends on us, but in the short term, that's despair. And one of his... He sees the way of getting over that existential dread and that despair is in a lot of ways just sort of accepting that you are finite and doing it anyway, what he calls the leap of faith. And there's more to that, but... That sounds like nihilism to me. It's a little bit. Yeah. The thing about nihilism is that nihilism doesn't mean you just like... Nihilism is not what people think it is. Yeah. It sounds scary because the only people you hear talking about it tend to be edgy teenagers who read two pages of Nietzsche one time. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's... What she does, like, what Utena does is that... Utsuna recognizes in the end her own finitude. She doesn't know everything about Anthony. She doesn't know everything about anything. She has made some serious mistakes and a bunch of tactical blunders here. Um, and she is she resigns herself infinitely to she resigns herself to her own limitations, her own self, to being the self that she is, and is okay with the fact that that's who she is um and that's a super super powerful thing because none of the other duelists do that no none of them are okay with who they are at least i mean not until the end yeah well when i if i ever finish that mickey thing that's actually a big point of it like they they don't and utana's real utana of the duelist is the only one who actually has that point where she just accepts it Mm -hmm. she's limited and she has she's has failures and that is okay she is willing to give up her own like she's willing to suffer for others to be that thing which she is she doesn't need to hold on to the idea of the prince because utna is not the prince utna is utna um so yeah i would definitely like to go back and kind of re redo that I have to do a lot of reading first, so <laughs> I probably never. The will. amount of homework that you get from this show is just like <laughs> ridiculous. I swear to God. <laughs> but if yeah, but if I ever reread the sickness unto death, there's a very good chance that I will write that. Yeah, actually, one of the like speaking about essays that we want to write, <laughs> one of the ones that's been kicking around in my head for God knows how long now is uh, a comparison of Utena with different religious figures um, using, like, say, Christian symbols or Wiccan symbols or Buddhist symbols and that kind of thing, and, and looking at how the character of, like, where it started for me was the, the dying god from Wiccanism is um, there's the idea of the... In the circular year, you have the Lord and Lady, and throughout the year, um, the Lord and Lady are are flourishing in spring and summer, and autumn is harvest time, and then winter comes, 
and the Lord dies so that the world can carry on, then is reborn the next spring. And that's a common theme in a lot of religions, the dying God. Like, for instance, um, Dionysus is one of them. Um, there's Dionysus, there's Jesus, there's uh, the Antlered Lord. And I, I just always wanted to pull together a bunch of things from that set of archetypes and see how well the story of Utna fit into them because there's a lot there like there are a lot of mythological parallels like um for instance if you want to step away from the dying god archetype you've also got Akio and Anthe in basically a classic Hieros Gamos um like yeah. basically divinely ordained marriage the same kind that Zeus and Hera had where they hated the shit out of each other but they were still in that marriage. Like, just looking... It, it is framed as being a sort of divine Hera and Zeus marriage. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Absolutely. like, so I've always wanted to kind of examine the whole show and Utena's character, especially from those angles. But let's face it, that's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> as for my favorite essay about her, honestly, I don't think I have one because there just really aren't that many about that are specifically about her. There's a lot about the other characters and a lot about people in relation to her and a lot about the the arc of the show itself, but there's not a lot about Utna and I think that's kind of a shame really. I agree. Like it I don't know, there's something about Utna that like it just feels like there's a lot to go into about Utna, but it's like there's so it feels like the the issues and analysis with like other characters is not it's not that it's like more rich there it just like i don't know there's something that's more like it's like pe people just gravitate more towards like analysis of all the other characters we i may you know what i just realized We've, we've talked a lot about how we project onto Uthana and how, like, is kind of an audience surrogate in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't really like putting the same kind of spurs to ourselves that we do for characters that we are distant from. Or even characters we like. Yeah, Fair. I get that. Fair. I kind of feel like... The audience's projection onto Utena might be the thing that's preventing people from writing about her. Yeah? In a weird way, you kind of feel like, well, I understand her, everybody understands her. You know what I mean? But we don't all understand her the same way, and that's kind of like, I don't know, that's one of those things where... You know how you, you, you always know that other people have other points of view and you always know that you're going to have disagreements, but sometimes you run into it and it's just so hard to figure out why other people don't see things the way you do? I feel like that might be in play here. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I feel like maybe people are looking at Utena, interpreting her, projecting on her, and then just kind of assuming that everybody's view of her is the same. When I yeah, really don't I think that's the case. I was thinking that too, honestly. Yeah. Like, she's very projectable. We've, we've talked about that so much. And we all kind of have that... Well, aside from the, what, one or two people that actually hated her. We all kind of have that, like... Yeah, that's definitely relatable kind of moment. Like, yeah, I'm a dumbass too. Uh, yeah, I... <laughs> I rush into things and I, I don't think about people the way I should and, and all that kind of thing. And we all kind of have that, but we don't really account for us being different from each other, I guess. I don't know. It's hard to put into words because this is the first time I've thunk that thought. <laughs> I get what you mean. This is making me want to write an essay about Utena. Do it. Do it. I, I, I... A hundred thousand percent. Oh my god, you have no idea how much I love getting essays from people. I love it. Actually, you know what? I've been thinking I should go out and like search around on Tumblr and wherever else looking for essays and contact. I, 
I've done it before. I've contacted a few people and been like, hey, can I put your essay on my site? I actually, I should, um, somebody back around when we were, uh, in like the, maybe the first or second arc sent me a really good essay that they had posted on Tumblr and I should send that to you and so that you can reach oh, yeah. out and see if they would like you to put that on the website because I, I rather enjoyed it. What was it called? Um, hold on. I'm looking it up so that I can find it. Okay, while you're doing that, I just want to relate the horrible, horrible, sad tale of me contacting somebody who wrote an essay about the Akio car and never getting an answer back. Okay, I found it, but please, I would love to hear this story. Yes. Hmm. I, I, do you have, is there a story no. here? Or, no, okay, I just okay. didn't get an answer back. And this essay about the Akio car is floating out on the internet where I can't reach it. And I'm honestly thinking about just stealing it. Well, I mean, okay, I would okay. give credit, of course, but. The, uh, the, uh, the essay that they wrote was called Revolutionary Girl Utena on Feminism, Projections, and Gender Archetypes. Ooh. It's like a like a series analysis type deal. I'll, uh, I'll post it in the discord chat so everyone can see it. That was written by, um, it's tofu bot on Tumblr, but there's like a hyphen between all of the letters of tofu bot. Huh? I do. Like I have name. never heard them. I will. Yeah. Look there was, it. it was somebody that reached out to us actually to yeah. share their essay. And I was like, Oh, this is great. And I couldn't share it with Alice until after we'd finished the series. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I liked it. It was some good shit. They talk about, uh, I think it was Jungian feminism. Jung. Yeah. Yeah, that dude. Ooh. I'm sorry. I just, I, I just get the shudders now whenever I hear that name. Cause. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Jungian feminism. It's, uh... Jung was a, a weird boy. He make me yeah, mad. Yeah. <laughs> he make me mad. <laughs> Freud does too. Freud makes me mad. Yeah, well, that's yeah, well, Freud's a hack. hack. Well, so is Jung. It's almost that he's a I hack just know less about was... Jung, so... It's almost that Freud was a hack and more that he was constantly high on cocaine. <laughs> to be fair to him... We would be wor- probably be just as bad if we were also as high constantly as he was. That depends on what you're high on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, I I think the reason that I get a little bit antsy whenever I hear the 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 J U N G word is um, people seem to depend on it so heavily, and where. I saw some parallels. I didn't necessarily see as many as people. I always felt that people were trying to force Utna into a more Jungian framework than it actually is. So, but that might just be my opinion. Um, I definitely want to check out this essay. If you say it's good, I know it's good. Yeah, I mean, I liked it when I read it. Uh, I haven't read it since I yeah, was no, first no, no. sent it, but uh, I... I rather liked some of the uh, stuff that was in it. When, when I'm talking about my objections to Jungianism when applied to Uten, I'm more talking about like Jungian shitposts on the forum rather than actual essays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, the more I think about it, because I was an English major, Jung is English majors tend to love Jung. Yeah, I'm not really sure I would go with talking about Jung with this well I mean in a sense I can definitely see it because there's like there's a lot of connection to stories and how they're told and how we feel about them and archetypes from those stories that that really shows up in the essay that I was talking about where there's a lot of that reflected in myth and how we process it um but I just feel like it gets carried too far yeah. At least when people are doing the the throwaway kind of like, oh well, this is so young and like, do you even have you read that? 
Because I haven't. <laughs> I think we're getting some breath off your mic there, Oscar. Can you adjust it maybe a little bit? No problem. It's okay. It's but, okay. We'll fix it in post. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, I think I did. Yeah, I did do for school, for college. I did a Freudian analysis of Utina, Anthe, and Akio as superego, ego, and id. Um, so like, and that doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. Like, Come on now. But <laughs> but I did it because you can do that. And I think Utina is uniquely suited to being able to twist it into um, different forms of interpretation and different philosophies. I know um, one of the one of the guys from the forum from like the old days, Stormcrow, was super, super Nietzschean to the point where when we were at New York City and we we had our first Rosecon, um, we kind of took over somebody's poetry reading in a bar and started doing things like doing the egg speech on stage in front of people and um, yeah <laughs> yeah that was the thing. Told you that I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Stormy got up on stage and started reciting passages from Nietzsche. And, uh, yeah, it, it was kind of drunken philosophical chaos. But... I missed out on my... That's on what Alice's autobiography like. is going to be called. I don't understand. <laughs> That's actually 80% of my college experience. Nice. Nice. I would say about 80% of my college experience was probably my TMI philosophy professor that once told me that he dated a girl with hairy nipples and they were like mouth warmers. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> I thought I slowed out for a second and then I heard those words you just said and I have no context for them. Don't worry, um, the context isn't important. Um. It actually isn't any... The context is... I don't even know. <laughs> I, I'm just saying <laughs> that was that was my my relationship with my philosophy prof. Okay, he would tell me shit like that. <laughs> uh. Okay, so how, how do we feel as though we have thoroughly talked through Utena? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's probably no. shit that I've forgotten and will like think about later and be like, oh, I should have brought that up. But yeah, I feel emptied out. That's always going to be the case. <laughs> there, oh my god, you should see how mad Geo is about uh, the fact that <laughs> she she we did the Akio episodes when we didn't realize that we were gonna like that you guys were gonna do a whole run of character episodes and she's like i could have said this and i could have said this and i could have said this i'm like whoa you're getting too mad about this <laughs> yeah, we just hadn't made the decision to do it we were just like, like yeah we just did that akio episode and then i was like if we did another akio episode for character episodes it would just be, be too like, much it would it would become like it would be hard to do it without like covering a lot of the ground that we had already covered in that episode so i figured it would just be easiest to kind of you know what in. welcome to imagine me and akio <laughs> yeah God. there's Jeez. definitely that um but I'm, I'm just gonna slightly correct you here panda um absolutely geo can find as many things to talk about about akio as like humanly possible and not cover a single thing that she already covered in the in those episodes that's fair I swear to god <laughs> it's scary at the as very much as there least are stars would... in the sky <laughs> at the very least it would probably become overkill yeah i i, I think it would be overkill for sure <laughs> that doesn't mean that overkill is bad but mm, involving akio i would say so uh like, that's just your opinion, man. Well, you can't overkill Akio, I think. Can I, please? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know, we're, we're all gonna remember later, like, oh, I should have talked about this, I should have said that. But, um, there can always be a part two. Oh, I have one single thought, 
from one of the other takes that I didn't say this time is just that par another part of the reason why I love Utena so much is the fact that, uh, and like all of the Utena characters basically, um, she is such a good person but also so flawed and that is part of her charm to me and seeing her flaws in myself makes it easier for me in reality to accept those flaws about myself. That is an excellent takeaway, actually, from that like whole that's thing. That's a really good place to end. Yeah, like, like that's that's, just that's like a, a perfect a... perfect capstone. Yeah, because yeah. really, I think that's part of what was intended for the show. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of what they intended it to be for. So we can all learn a lesson from this. God, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, let's, <laughs> let's bring this bad boy in. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you could do that at Utenacast. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you could do that at Impandonata. Where can they follow you on Twitter, Alice? Alice, are you there? Um, I just got you back. Oh, okay. Promo yourself. Where, where can they follow you on Twitter, Alice? They can find me on Twitter at Lyrewolf, L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. And Oscar, where can people find you on the internet should you wish to be found? My personal Twitter is at fem slash fatel, and my, I also run the Utena bot at RevGirlUtena, and you can also find the zine projects at UtenaZine, all on Twitter. And Yasho, uh, where can people look? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do the list. No, no, I'm not okay. doing. I, I don't remember half of the aliases and shit that we have. <laughs> so o h t o r i dot n u. And honestly, I'll probably find you. <laughs> That's the good thing to end on. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I can't resist being an asshole. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> That's okay. We we know who you are by now. <laughs> that does us for this week, guys. Yeah. Revolutionize the world, everybody. See you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>